What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where these podcasts are posted from every single day, along with our Dynasty Baseball podcast, the Farmer's Market Dynasty Baseball Show. You guys should be checking that one out as well. Andrew has done a great job uh, in the early going there, so make sure you guys are supporting him. Of course, I've mentioned this a few times, but the written content is kind of uh, going to slow down for the month of October. Just kind of give the guys a little bit of time uh, to decompress after the fantasy season. But we're going to be right back in there uh, recapping 2023 and looking ahead to 2024 on the written side very soon. So make sure you guys are following along at Ethos Fantasy BB if you haven't already. I'm sure a lot of you have at this point. And also checking out SportsEthos.com. Great stuff going on over there across all sports. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, and we're also going to talk uh, about a, an injury uh, that we heard about today. But I want to start off uh, with the American League East in general. This has been a, a huge narrative talking point. They're like, oh, the American League East wasn't actually as good as we thought it was, seeing the Blue Jays get swept. The Blue Jays were admittedly really, really poor uh, down the stretch. Not really a huge shocker. But seeing Baltimore get swept, seeing the Rays get swept, it has brought a lot of questions that I don't think make a lot of sense, to be honest, um, about whether or not the American League East is actually a great division, they're frauds, blah, blah, blah. We had a division here for, for most of the season. The entirety of it was above 500, and in the end of it, four out of five teams finished above 500. That's something that no other division in baseball did. You know, <laughs> no other division in baseball really came that close I mean, the National League West, I guess the Giants were kind of close to being a fourth team there, over 500. That's kind of it. The American League East is the cream of the crop of baseball. What happens in the playoffs is all very random, and I think that's going to be kind of something that we need to to look at a lot more here when we're evaluating teams and front offices and how how things actually transpired in the playoffs because I don't think we can look at what happened and say, these teams were bad. They were poorly constructed. We should have done this. We should have done that. This revisionist history, hindsight is twenty twenty. look of, oh, the Orioles should have gone out and added another starter at the trade deadline. There was not really much they could have done. There wasn't really that many starters who were on the market. I mean, maybe they could have gone for Jordan Montgomery. He got scooped up, though. They went and got Jack Flaherty, who is – I wasn't big on it at the time. I'm not a big Jack Flaherty guy, but, I mean, it was something – Right, just a little bit of extra rotation depth, and aside from all of that, Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish in the second half were like two in the. Uh, I, I believe it was them and Garrett Cole were the top three. I forget the way they were ranked in American League ERA in the second half. So you had your guys that you were going to be starting in those games regardless, and it didn't work out for you. It didn't work out for Dean Kramer last night either. Obviously, a lot going on for him in his own mind. I'm not sure it was a great decision to throw him out there yesterday, but regardless, it didn't work out well for him it didn't work out for the team this whole series but nothing really worked the Rangers are just on an incredibly hot streak they're getting great pitching they're getting everything Corey Seager just had one of the best series we've ever seen he walked like nine times or something ridiculous uh, in the course of a three-game series he was on base nearly every time he came up to the plate the team was just ridiculously hot and that's something that happens in the playoffs there's also the narrative of all the teams that that spend sometimes, uh, it doesn't work out for them. Look at how certain teams spend a lot of money 
and they're not doing well. And it's all just random. Like I, I've seen so many different things thrown around and maybe it's just cause I'm, I'm on Twitter too much, but there are people that go out there and criticize teams for either a spending money or B not spending money because of their results. And it's like, you can't have it both ways, right? You've got to look at certain teams that spend a lot of money and they're not successful, like the Padres, like the Mets. Yes, it, it does happen. The Cardinals, I'm not sure exactly where they rank in payroll, but they're, they're pretty high up there and they didn't work out for them. But there's also teams like the Texas Rangers. They're a huge example. They've spent a ton of money the last couple of off-seasons. They brought in Max Scherzer. They brought in Jacob deGrom. They brought in Semi and Seager. They've made those big money moves, and then there's not as many people who will go out and say, well, look at what happens when the teams spend a lot of money. It's just there's so many random narratives, and I think that maybe it makes sense because the game that we follow and love is really super random. But I think the notion that is being thrown out there a lot that I don't really understand is maybe people are acting like this is a new thing. Randomness in the in the baseball playoffs is something that's always been around. I referenced it within the last week on a show, the Nationals in 2019. No one expected them to win the World Series. It happens. There are examples a couple of times every single decade where there is a team that's not really supposed to win, uh, You know, a team that's maybe not really that constructed well, like the 2003 Florida Marlins. We're kind of in the process of tearing it down. They weren't really, from what I remember, I was very young at the time, but from what I've read, from what I remember, they weren't a team that was really supposed to go far and win. You got 2008 Colorado Rockies. They were a wild card team. From what I remember, they went to the World Series. It, it, it happens. There is randomness, and it's going to happen more when there is such a finite amount of games in the playoffs. If anything, maybe what we should do in baseball, and I'd be in favor of this, is having every series be seven games. So then it's at least a little bit more a matter of who is the better team. Because you do tend to see over a longer series who the better team is. Maybe we should have the division series uh, reflect that as well. Not that I think it really would have mattered in this case for Texas going up 3 nothing. You're going to win regardless, like, you know, pretty much every single time. I was going to say 99 times out of 100, but it's even more likely than that. Very small chances that Baltimore would have been able to do anything, but still, maybe we have to look at it as an opportunity to say there's not, I don't know, that much we can really do to predict it or be that happy or upset about it. We just kind of have to take it in as it is. And maybe I'm just rambling at this point. I just don't understand people who will come up with these narratives based on one game or based on two games. Oh, the Braves lose game one. We have to change the entire wildcard format. Austin Riley comes up clutch at the at the plate and in the field uh, and helps propel them to a victory. And then those narratives are kind of just gone now because the series is tied up again. I I don't really even honestly know where I'm going with this. It just It's just very odd to see and maybe it's just, again, like I said before, that I'm just online too much. But there's just too much of this living in the exact moment narrative kind of thinking that people have online of, I think you guys know what I'm saying. I've, I've gone in circles here a little bit. I, I think my general point, though, is that you need to just kind of accept baseball for what it is. It's random. And the ups and downs that happen throughout a season, throughout a playoff game, throughout a series, you kind of just have to take it as it is. The Braves could come back very easily and win this series 3-1, to one, and then we're never going to hear again any of those talks about, oh, this, we need to change the format, it doesn't make sense, it's not fair to these teams, whatever. Like We need to just kind of let the games play out, let it happen. There are going to be upsets. There are going to be upsets, no doubt. But at the end of the day... What to me is still the most likely outcome is the two chalky teams making it to the World Series, in my eyes, which is Houston and Atlanta. Those are probably the teams we're going to see in the World Series. And at the end of the day, that's 
probably what a lot of people were expecting coming in. So we just kind of have to take it easy, relax, not let ourselves get ahead of things and not start spinning narratives out of control just because of certain things that happen in one game or two games. Just let the season play out, let the series play out, and I think we'll all be a lot better uh, for it if we go about it in that way. Let's talk a little bit about Francisco Lindor. I think this one is a pretty interesting development. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this. It's just a couple hours old at this point. But Francisco Lindor underwent surgery. He had a bone spur removed from his right elbow on Tuesday. Now, he's expected to be ready for spring training. This is kind of crazy, though, that Francisco Lindor was able to do what he did this season, considering he was not at his best. Uh, Francisco Lindor gave you a 30-30 season. That's pretty ridiculous. He gave you a six-win season if you're looking at Fangraph's war. His war was... Uh, where is it? It's six on the dot. I thought it was 6.1, but no, six on the dot. 108 runs, 98 RBIs, really, really good defense, despite of having that elbow uh, problem. So it gone. It goes to show, and this is something that I haven't really touched on here ever on the show, but Francisco Lindor, a lot of people will say he's overrated, he's overpaid, blah, 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 too much money. He does make a hell of a lot of money. His contract is $341 million over 10 years. You got to argue, I would argue, that he's worth every single penny of it based on what he does on both sides of the ball. His first year in New York was a little disappointing. Sure, we all know that. It was still a 4.2 win season based on F4. The last two seasons, 6.6 and 6, like he is an incredible superstar. If you look at any metrics, the traditional ones, the new ones, anything you want to look at, fantasy-wise, real life, he's just incredible. I I think he's probably going to be okay. He has the entire offseason to get ready for this. But we'll have to kind of monitor it. It's not going to be a situation that has like a big effect on me. But if I'm doing early drafts, maybe I'm not going to be as interested in jumping him up. Like I know he's going to probably be a second round pick this year, regardless of where you are drafting. And I, I'm somebody who's talked about this a little bit online the last couple of days. If you've seen <clears throat> that, we should be using more specific player um, ranges, pick ranges, as opposed to using a round. I think it causes some confusion sometimes when we just use rounds. I think it's a lot easier to say I'd take him around a specific number. But regardless of, of the round, I think when you're talking early on, it doesn't matter as much. It more matters as you go further down, round 13, 17. That's where you have a big difference in number. But round two, I'm thinking Francisco Lindor is probably around like the 20th, the 25th player by ADP this season. That's generally where I'd expect him to go. Maybe I'd push him down just a little bit if I'm drafting early because I don't want to go into the season with any kind of doubts. There's going to be enough injuries that prop up throughout the season. If there's any kind of thing that, I don't know, if it doesn't heal properly or whatever, I don't really want to have to have another injury on top of that to start the season out of like a second round draft pick. So maybe there I wouldn't take him. Assuming nothing goes wrong in spring training and we just get good updates, he's healthy, he's throwing, he's out in the field, he's batting, whatever, no pain then I have no problem taking him there. I think that's where he's probably going to settle in, and that's where he probably belongs. That My only trepidation there is just you know too many injuries crop up throughout the year. If something were to happen, in an, and this is only for an early draft, and there's not a lot of people who are drafting early. I am because I'm a little bit of a degenerate, and I just love to draft. I wouldn't probably take him in the second round right now, but even in the third round, like that'd be a smash pick for me there uh, if he's still sitting there. But overall, just so super impressive what he's been able to do, especially if this injury was there the whole season, which it seems like it might have been. The last thing uh, I do want to talk about today, I am I am still going to keep it generally short because I'm a little bit under the weather still. 
uh, the last few days, really sore throat. I went longer on the show than I probably should have yesterday. And I was actually supposed to be a guest uh, on Dan Bespris's show, if you guys know Fantasy NBA today. If you guys, uh, you guys potentially even came to my show through hearing about it on Dan's show. But I was supposed to guest over there, talk about the mock draft we did. But we're going to push it back to next week just because uh, I'm really not feeling up to doing long shows or too many shows. So we're going to keep it short and sweet. This is the last point we're going to have today. And this is also a pretty recent bit of news. Uh, so Byron Buxton has been added to the ALDS roster as an injury replacement for Alex Kirilov. This is interesting. Kirilov has a shoulder injury that was affecting his swing, and he's off the roster. Buxton has not played since August 1st. So this, for fantasy purpose, for real-life purposes, I mean, it could be a, a nice little boost. Byron Buxton, he can be somebody that comes in and jacks a couple homers, and we know how important home runs can be in the postseason. A lot of times games are very low scoring. They're divided by one homer or one way or the other. You usually see games go to the under in, in games, uh, in the playoffs, I should say. And a guy like Buxton coming in, even if it's potentially just as a pinch hit or whatever, could have a lot of impact. I think where we're going to potentially see it uh, come into play is for fantasy drafts next season, if Buxton does show up. Because if he comes in and does nothing, I don't think it's really going to move him one way or the other. The only impact I think it could have is if Buxton does come out and hit three home runs or something, propel the Twins to somehow come back and beat the Astros in the series. Then I could see people remembering that because people will do remember the most recent thing that happened to a particular player a lot of the times in drafts. Oh, Buxton. Yeah, Buxton. He's still sitting here. Pick 157. Oh, well, you know, uh, he's got a lot of power. He showed it in the playoffs. He reminded me of that. I'm going to hit the hit the draft button here, maybe a little bit earlier than you would have if you didn't see Buxton come back at all this season. That's the only thing I think could potentially happen, and I'd be wary of that kind of thing. It really doesn't matter what happens in the playoffs for next season. A lot of people will also look at, like, second-half stats and say they're more likely um, – you know, to carry over what they did in the second half. It really depends Depends if there are changes that were made below the surface, really, or if there are things that are actually sustainable going on to, that are contributing to those changes happening. If someone just happened to run into a bit of Babbitt block over the course of the second half, and that's why they had a really good stretch of a couple of months, there's no reason to think that that's necessarily going to carry over into next season. A lot of people will say, oh, he batted 325 in the second half. I think he can carry that over into next season, whatever. I would be very careful of doing that, and I'd be very careful of looking at somebody like Buxton or anybody, really, based off of playoff performances. And that includes, like, Royce Lewis, you know, jacking up a bunch of homers, playing well in the playoffs. Just be careful. He's going to be a th- – I've already seen him in the draft that I'm doing. He went 40th overall. He's a third-round pick in a 15-teamer. I'd be really careful. And I don't even think it's a bad pick necessarily, but I think that price is just going to keep going up and up, especially if he keeps doing things in the playoffs. And I'm not sure – like, there are reasons to draft players – wherever they're going, and it has very little to do with what happens over three or five or even ten games in the playoffs. Sometimes you might see something that's like, oh, well, he was experimenting with a new pitch. It worked well. Some, you know, Something like that. Swing looked a little different, whatever. But for the most part, we can throw away a lot of what we're seeing in the playoffs for fantasy purposes, in my opinion. I don't think it means a hell of a lot. But let me know what you guys think. As always, over on Twitter, I'm at JoeRico99. Ethos Fantasy BB is where we post all of our new update shows articles when they're coming back out everything will be over there and if you're not on social media please check out sportsethos.com a lot of fun stuff going on over there across all four major sports but that'll do it guys be back again tomorrow but until then take care have a great night and cheers